Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we have a special guest on the show. We are going to be thinking about giving yourself to Christ. Yes, that's an important topic to really think about and to really talk about. So Eric, why don't you go ahead and fully introduce yourself? Hey, what's going on? My name is Eric Allen. I'm the owner of ericallenmedia.com. I'm a podcaster. I'm a coach, speaker, and uh, just love jumping on other podcasts to connect with other people. And it's so honored to be here, Mitzi. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm very excited for this conversation. Just before coming on to the show, I was really just thinking about my experience about giving myself to Christ and how hard that was for me. You know, I mean, I remember when the pastor was at the podium and was like, anybody who needs to give yourself to Christ now, we're doing baptisms, come on down. And in my spirit, I felt it like telling me to go, to go, you know, and this pastor kept on saying, come on down, come on down. So I'm like, okay, fine, let me go. So when I came on down, I felt my spirit battling with me. Mm -hmm. Like I kept on giving myself reasons why I should walk away from this line. Oh, I don't have nobody here. Oh, I don't have nowhere to put my purse. Oh, what am I going to do after for clothes? I mean, I made myself so many excuses to not do it. But at that very moment, it was crazy because I felt like all eyes were on me on that little line. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, there's a lady came and grabbed my purse. Another lady came and said, don't worry. We got clothes after you go in. And I was so nervous. But after I was like, oh, I needed this. How was it for you? You know, for me, I grew up in the church. So I went to Sunday school, you know, did the whole, you know, little league thing as a kid. And then when my parents got divorced, when I was 11 years old, I, I we kind of quit going to church. My dad tried to put me back into church when I was about 13 and I didn't really connect with it. It was more of a social thing for me. And then I started dating a girl who was a Christian when I was about 20 years old. And I was going to church with her and actually gave my life to Christ when I was dating her and went and got baptized in the Columbia River out there in Washington state. It was freezing cold. And I did it for her. It wasn't a personal relationship with me and Jesus. Mm. It was, I thought I was, but it was more about her because as soon as we broke up about two years later, I was right back to my normal ways. I was back to doing drugs and drinking and all that stuff. And I knew my foundation in Christ at that point was not strong. Yeah. And I spent the next couple of years trying to figure out who I was, you know, battling addictions and all of stuff. And then I was working one night at Starbucks and girl walked in and said, Hey, we got this cool college event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? And I was depressed and have friends and she was good looking. Yep. What time do I need to be there? That was my thought process at that moment, you know, and got down there yeah. and I ran into a bunch of guys that I knew from like five years earlier. And I was like, man, wow. I haven't seen you guys forever. What, what's going on? Like, it was just this weird connection. I think God was planting a seed in that moment. And mm-hmm. about a month later, it was Easter 2004. I was managing a band at the time. We went and party the night before Easter and I woke up Easter morning in my buddy's basement surrounded by probably 15 guys. And in that moment, I felt God go, dude, you're going down this path that's going to end your life real quick. So you need to start making some changes. And I decided that moment that I was done and I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything in that moment. I gave my life to Christ in my buddy's basement, got up and left. And I called that girl and I got her voicemail and I said, Hey, happy Easter. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later we were dating and 17 years later, we've been married now. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. How, what a story. That is yeah. an amazing like relationship story as well as a God story. Like how God yeah. was really with you, watching you and was like, come on, Eric. Come on, have a V8, yeah. have some God in your life. <laughs> yeah, I lived, I mean, in the the worldly desires for a long time and, and battled those addictions for a long time. And, you know, I just never even, I always knew that God was there. You know, I always said my prayers at night, you know, artificially, right? Like I just didn't have this relationship though with Christ. And then as soon as I decided to make that decision, I had to 
change my environment. I loved the guys that I was partying with and, and all that. And I had to call them up. I'm like, guys, listen, for me, I got to get healthy. I got to step away from this. And they're like, absolutely. Those guys are still my friends today, by the way. But I took like six months where I just wasn't going to the bar. I wasn't hanging out. And what I did was I replaced that with guys that were going to the church that were successful in their marriage, successful in their business, successful in their walk up with Christ. And I just started interviewing them kind of. I was taking them out to Starbucks and I was like, hey, man, I want to buy you coffee. I want to understand your story. What are you doing to stay on this track? And I interviewed a bunch of guys and that just helped me to just build that strong foundation for me to be on the right path that I am today. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's the hardest thing is trying to acknowledge that you need to get out of that cycle of like the world and of drugs and people with bad intentions and people who don't really want to have something better for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how long did it really take you to really get that realization? It was pretty quick, actually, after I gave my life to Christ. The reason being, one, I changed my environment, but also in my mind, I realized that my past and other people's opinions don't define my future. And so once I realized that, it was like, boom, God opened up a massive amount of doors, opportunities to build relationships with men who were following Christ, men that had great marriages. You know, in my marriage, it wasn't like I came into it like it was all perfect. We've been married for, you know, over 17 years now. Not every day is rainbows and sunshine, right? You know, my wife comes from a broken home. I came from the broken home. And so we came in with a bunch of junk. And we had to kind of go, okay, we know exactly what we don't want in marriage, but we didn't know what we wanted in marriage. So we did a lot of testing. And, you know, the first five years, it was just us. We were trying to get, figure out what is this marriage thing, you know? And then we started having kids after five years, but it was that first five years was really kind of crucial, just trying to understand each other and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here for sure if it wasn't for Christ. Yeah. And I was having another conversation with another gentleman talking about how important it is for people to have a relationship with God. And one of the biggest things that stuck with me with what he said is free will. And what is your perspective when it comes to free will and your relationship with God? Yeah. I mean, God died on a cross for us, but we have the choice to do whatever we want, right? Like he'll speak to us in our heart and guide us and put people into our life that might help us down the path. But ultimately we have the choice. Do we want to live in the world where it's messy or do we want to live a life where we're following him and we're spending time in prayer with him and we're surrounding ourselves with people that want to live the life that we want to live or that are living the life that we want to live, right? And so ultimately we have free will to choose and do whatever the heck we want. But hopefully as a Christian, my job is just to be following him and be hopefully living in the biblical ways, right? We're all sinners. My job is just not to judge anybody. I just want to love people where they're at. And so, you know, I think it's so important to just follow that. And again, free will is you can go out and choose to do whatever you want, but hopefully we can follow Christ in our choices. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think one of the things that that sticks with me, I heard in a sermon a while back was the benefits of sin is what keeps people in the world. Mm. And what do you think about that? What do you think about that statement? Totally. I mean, I think you look at uh, sexual immoralization, like you look at pornography, whatever it is out there, right, in the world, that's beneficial to some people, they think in their mind. It's not really, but they think that is. And so they're seeing pleasure, right? And they're accepting that pleasure over the pain that they're going to deal with after the fact or after the matter, right? And so, yeah, it's so crazy. There's so much sin in the world. And it's not just sexual sin, it's everything, right? It's just people just not following, it's people just judging people, right? But yeah, the world's a messy place right now, man, for sure. And I think if we can all, I think as Christians, like I said, just to love people where they're at, hope they'll see Jesus through our actions, through our choices and them, and maybe start to ask questions and maybe start to come to know the Lord through us. Right. But my job is just to love people where they're at. I think everything that you said was really great. And another thought that just came to my mind while you were speaking was is one thing that I realized is that a lot of people will stay away from God because of the hypocritical way 
a lot of Christians portray their lives. You know what I'm saying? And what would you say to people who have a hard time accepting God because of other people that have that bad projection of what God really is? You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And I 100% agree with them. I think there's a lot of hypocrites in the church. It's unfortunate because people that kind of get swayed by different things, or they're like very hardcore on this. And I'm not a sinner, but I can go and call this person a sinner. I 100% agree. If you don't know who God is and you look at the church, it can be messy and it can be really ugly. And you can see a lot of hypocrites, right? You can see a lot of people that come out angry and, you know, they look at people online or, you know, they say, man, I love America, which I do. And then they're like, God bless everything. And they're like, F this, F that, right? Like in the same sentence. And that can throw people for a loop. They're like, really? What's you can cuss all you want. It's not a big deal. It's not going to cause you to go to hell. But what I'm saying is if you're putting an example out there for others that are trying to come into the Lord, that can sway them off. My big thing is I hate the people who stand on the corner and they yell at people and they're like, man, you're going to hell. You're going to hell, right? People stand on the, the corners of stuff and they're, you know, got these big signs of like, up here where I'm in Idaho, there's some crazy church up here that they like to stand on the corner of the highways and they show pictures of aborted babies. And I'm like, that's not going to have people come to know the Lord. That's going to scare people and run them away from the church. And so that type of people is super hypocritical. If you don't know the Lord and you see people doing that and they're being yelled at, I would run from the church too if I saw those guys. I know. Oh my goodness. That's funny that you said that because when I lived in Orlando, there was this street, I forgot what it's called now, but there would be tons of like individuals, men on the corners and saying, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. And it was in a ghetto. You know, I'm not going to lie. It was in the ghetto. You could see people doing what they're doing, but I feel like that's not the place to be. You know what I mean? That's not how you should invite people into the church. You shouldn't have some picture of a dead baby and prove that that's why you need to go to God. You don't need to tell somebody of their sins because they already know. And that's why they're already pushing God away, which reminds me to talk about with you so I can get your opinion. I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, when people project out their sins onto others without realizing. I mean, I know it's a part of the hypocriticalness, but you know what I'm saying? Like they will acknowledge other people's sins without acknowledging their own. Sure. I mean, look at Jesus. He said, throw the first stone, right? I mean, he throw the stone, right? And they all walk away. It's just those type of people that are going to scare people away from actually coming to know the Lord. And for me, it's not about church. It's a relationship, right? With Jesus. It's not like, you know, I believe that I'm saved, but it doesn't mean that I can't help somebody else come to know the Lord. And I'm not going to walk around going, I'm saved and you're not, and you're going to hell. And I am right. Like, that's just dumb. Like tomorrow up here where I'm at in Idaho, they have a pride festival that's going to happen up here, right? I am guaranteeing there's going to be a lot of church people, hypocrite people that are going to stand out there on the corner and tell them they're all burning to hell. And it's going to be the dumbest thing they could ever do to try to get people to know the Lord, right? I mean, like go down and and cheer them on or whatever they want to do. They don't have to show up, right? If if they don't want to be involved in it, don't show up, but they're going to go down there. I guarantee there's going to be people down there that are screaming and yelling and doing all this stuff. And it's like that type of people, it's like, Hey man, I don't want to look in, you know, the stick that's in my own eye. I'm going to point to you on your sins. And they just kind of look the other way. And so, yeah, those people drive me crazy, man. They really do. It's absolutely amazing how they don't realize that that is not the only sin. You know what I'm right. saying? They focus mainly as that as the only sin, like, oh, you can't abort and oh, you can't be with other same sex people. But what about gambling? You don't stand in front of the casinos. You don't stand in front of gossip places and radio stations and TV stations that all they do is gossip. You don't stand around those type of people. You know what I mean? They don't stand around places that actually have these common sins that are constantly being done every day. But Mm -hmm. I think the worst thing about it is, is that they forget about forgiveness. You know what I mean? They truly forget about forgiveness and how beautiful 
it is to have that forgiveness and why Jesus died for us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I so think true. that's the saddest part. What about you? Yeah. What is I, one I, thing that really like irks you from this? You know, it's like I said, I think I get more annoyed at the people who are standing on the corner yelling at things and telling people they're going to hell. And I have even walked up to those guys and said, Hey, how did you get to know the Lord? And they're like, Oh man, I went to this church service and I got to know this guy and he invited me to church. And I'm like, so it wasn't someone yelling at you from a street corner, right? And then they just shut up. And it's because they realize what they're doing is they're actually scaring people away. And that drives me nuts, man. Those signed sandwich board holders that are telling people they're burning in hell. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they've, I don't know where they got swayed at, but that's what kind of irks me the most. I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to go like punch him in the face. Be like, hey, quit doing that. You know, like I just, exactly. that's not the way, man. You just got to love people and then they'll ask questions. If they come to the Lord, great. But I just want to be someone who can just show them love no matter what, you know? Exactly. And I think one of the biggest things that somebody said to me that really stuck with me, and I just kept with it ever since I was young, I held on to this. They said that be the example that you want to see. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing that people really need to realize is that they need to be the example they want to see. They want to see more love, show more love. If you want to see more peace, be more peaceful. If you want to see more forgiving people, then be forgiving, you know? And I feel like that's something that people really don't consider. And I guess to get back to the topic of fully giving yourself to Christ is, I'm just saying for like my perspective, for me personally, because it was really hard for me to change my environment when I decided to go with God. Like I literally had to move a different state to find finally feel at peace. But for those people who don't have that ability to move to a different state and to change their environment, you know, what other ways do you think is a good way to be able to fully commit yourself to Christ and to give up the world? You know what I mean? What would that be for you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many avenues today where if you can't physically move out of state, and I think that there's always a way to do something if you really want it bad enough. Like, you know, if you need to move a state, then like you, you moved, you changed your environment to get away from it. I changed my environment to get to where I'm at. I moved away from Washington state to Idaho to get away from family members that were just toxic. They were just bad for my marriage, like to be around them. It stressed me out. And I was like, yeah, I don't need that. This is my family now. Right. You know? And I think that if you really want it bad enough, then you'll figure it out. You'll figure out how to get out of that environment. But if you just start like, I can't move. I can't get away from this. Man, YouTube, guys like John Maxwell, guys like Elevation Church out in North Carolina, like Stephen Furtick, that guy's awesome. Yeah. You know, you can turn on Sunday service, but you don't even need to wait till Sunday. Like there is sermons on there 24 seven. If they want to just get away from that, then just spend a couple days just soaking that stuff up and, and do it daily. It doesn't have to be four hours a day. For me, when I'm making lunches for my kids in the morning before they go to school, I have like 30 minutes and I'm listening to sermons on that time. Or I'm listening to John Maxwell. Or you know, It's just a quick, doesn't have to be four hour time, but that helps me get in the right mood every day. I'm big on setting those wins early. So for me, I wake up at 4 a.m. six days a week. And as soon as I open my eyes, I realize like it's a goal of mine to wake up every day, right? So if I open my eyes, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for another day. I get to see and hug and hold my family today, right? And then I jump out of bed to make my bed. There's two wins in 15 seconds. And then it's just boom. All right, God, now let's go some, spend some time in prayer. And I get upstairs to my office and spend some time in worship and pray. And, and my prayers are very much gratitude driven. Not so much asking is very much, man. Thank you, Lord, for the grace and mercy you gave me. I'm a sinner. You know, I've committed lots of sins in my life, but I'm still here today. You've got a plan and a purpose on my life as everybody else. Thank you. Just give me the opportunity to speak love into people today. 
Yeah. Thank, oh, amen. That's beautiful. And it's funny that you said Elevation Church. I actually have a shirt from Elevation. Oh, I went that's to the awesome. church. Yeah, I went to actually, yes. So let me tell you my story. So in 2018, God was telling me to find a church because I was I was really out in the world around that time. I was going through a bad breakup and I know I needed God, you know, because I just needed him. I was around so much toxic energy that they were just literally draining me. Mm. So I was like, okay, God, I'm going to find a church. So Stephen Furtick came up and I would watch Elevation every Sunday and I would watch it in the car when I would go to work, you know, because I was embarrassed, you know, for my family to see me praise God because they weren't really into church. You know, they knew of God. They brought me to God, you know, when I was little, but they never followed God and they never stuck through to his word, you know? So when people get lost in that direction, it's hard to be honest and open with God in your own life because they see it as a way that, oh, it's a phase or, oh, they're not being real or they're in some life crisis. But in reality, I just, I knew in my heart that I needed something deeper, you know? So I was watching and I was watching. And then that's when God told me to make the move. So I moved to Florida. And once I moved to Florida, I was situated. I was renting a room from a friend and I was doing my thing and I felt calm. But then God was like, find a church. And I'm like, oh. And then Elevation posted that they had a, a branch out in Florida. And I was like, okay. So I checked it out. It was only an hour and a half away. And I was like, let me just sacrifice the time. So I drove out there and it was amazing. Like I literally felt the spirit outside of the church. When I was in there, I felt it. And it was just the overwhelming where I just cried, like just singing and praising God. I just cried and I felt at home and I felt so, oh, it's like a different feeling. Have you ever felt that before? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing, man. Yeah. His churches are awesome. I'd love to see one of his churches. Now, does he have campus pastors that speak or do they do a video feed? They do the video feed for he he so he speaks at each location does okay. the video feed the pastors at each location only speak when he's not speaking so oh, when gotcha. he has okay. the other speakers like showing on YouTube and all that stuff that's when the pastors at the home base are actually preaching oh, and okay. even then it's still it speaks the word like totally everything that he represents I don't know how he's able to do it for each campus but he's able to still project out that same love spiritual guide of God in there that it's really it shows how much God is in this you know what I mean it just shows how much God is really real and to have somebody to talk to about God it's refreshing it's Mm. absolutely refreshing I think that's the reason why I got so excited to like to find you and to be able to have this conversation with you because I'm not gonna lie I don't really talk about God with a lot of people and it's just because out of fear you know what I mean and out of that that not knowing of if they're gonna accept me or not yeah and here's the thing is I mean, I have a podcast, I have 400 episodes in, like I rarely, I don't go out and start preaching the word. I just show people my love through my podcast. And I love that you have a podcast because I'm so passionate about podcasting. And I think that people will start to hear our voices and hear our tone and hear how genuine we are. That'll get them to ask questions, you know, and and maybe they reach out to you. Maybe they don't, but there's a lot of people that are being impacted by this show. Not just my episode. I'm talking about all your episodes that are coming to people coming to know Lord through your show. And you should be proud of that. And I think that's awesome. You did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes you never know who you are really going to impact. And I think that's the one thing that God keeps on telling me is that just plant your seeds wherever they land is wherever they land. I will take care of the growth. I will take care of the mind. I will take care of the perspective of who needs to hear it, you know? So that's the biggest thing because I was in a very battle between myself and God 
for doing this, you know, doing my website, doing my books, doing my podcast and my blogs and everything. Like I was so afraid because of that perspective of other people. And it's exactly like you said, that moment that you gave yourself to Christ, that moment of like peace of not worrying what anybody else thinks. And that's exactly what happened to me. I realized that nobody else's opinion mattered because everybody else is trying to figure out this life just like me. And everybody else don't know what they're doing. They're just winging it and hoping that it works. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There's an awesome book I just read. Uh, actually, I've read it a couple of times. I think you would love it about the situation that you're in. It's called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day by Mark Batterson. And it just talks about us kind of just being fearless when it comes to sharing our faith. And it talks about jumping into situations where we're going to be scared or that it's going to be scary when we jump in there, but God is always with us. God's guiding us through that. And if there's something that's put in our way, man, he'll always get us through that situation. So it's a great book. Highly recommend it. Oh yeah. I'm going to have to check that out because I think that would be a great read. I'm in the need of some yearning for learning. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy read too. And the author's funny. So he keeps it humorous. So it's not boring at all. It's actually a really, really great book and just brings a lot of like Christ principles into the book and how we can kind of do stuff every day to just realize that, man, God's in control and we can kind of sit back and, you know, obviously put in some work, but like God's ultimately in control of our situation. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm so distracted. What is that sign? That sign behind you, is it constant and never ending improvement? Is that what it yes, says? Yes. Yes. Oh, why do you have that up there if you don't mind me asking? Because that's it's a so great question. Like I, I keep reading it. Like why? <laughs> So I actually had the opportunity. God opened up a door for me to have a conversation with Ed Milet, who he's like a virtual mentor for me. In 2018, I won the Ed Milet Max Out Challenge on Instagram out of a million followers and I landed me a phone call with him. And one of the things he said on the call was, listen, you have to be living by canny, constant and never ending improvement. So when you wake up every day, always look for ways that you can improve. And when he said that to me, I was like, man, I got to do something with that. And so I just have it in my wall in my office. So when I walk in, it's the first thing I see, you know, and it's constant and never any improvement. There's no slowing down, always reading. Right now I'm reading, you know, John Maxwell's 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, like trying to always read. And, and like, I was not a good reader until like the last year. Like, I just didn't read books. That, like maybe four books a year, but like I started getting audible and I started reading books and, and I started committing to 30 minutes a day of reading. That's it. I, 20 minutes, to, I do 30, but even if you did 10 minutes a day, right? 10 pages a day, whatever it takes. I think that's just constantly always improving and growing in my personal developments, my walk in Christ. Now I'm like reading three books at a time, right? Like, so like, that's, that's what that means is, is for me, it's just always, always growing and never slowing down. Wow, that's so amazing. So happy to be able to speak with you. Like I could just feel your, you're just radiating joy and peace. Oh, thank and you. I think my next question is, if you could look back at yourself, can you really say that you're proud of yourself mm. for where you are right now, from where you were before? I'm proud of where I'm at. I don't know that I am proud of things that I did in my past, but I'm proud of where I'm at today. And I say that because in my early days, so if we go back to my story, you know, I, when I was 13 years old, I had to fight my mom's boyfriend off, literally hit him in the head with a cast iron pan twice because he was beating her up. That sent me on a path of destruction. 18 years old, I was arrested. I was $28,000 in debt. I was bankrupt at 21, living this life of just in the world, right? And where I was addicted to drugs, I was addicted to alcohol. I looked at women not in a proper way. Like I just didn't have any idea. I was living in the world. I'm not proud of that, but I know that that's the reason that I am here today is to share my story. And hopefully I can make an impact through sharing that, that God redeems us in our past and whatever our past is, then we can get out of that. And the hardest thing that I think affected me and probably a lot of people is it's so hard to forgive ourselves 
And it took me a long time to forgive myself for my sins and for my past. And I can forgive other people real simple. Yep. Hey, I forgive you. No problem. God's like, but for me, man, that's a daily battle. And sometimes, you know, Satan likes to creep that back in. Hey, remember that moment that you did back then? Remember that? Right. And it's like in that moment, I got, man, God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. But I am proud of the person I am today because I'm breaking the chains of addiction, abuse, rejection, and abuse from my family tree. I came from a broken home that battled those things. I came from rejection, abuse, and addiction. And my wife and she came from a broken home as well. Our parents have been married and divorced five, six times. I don't know the number, but we Tell said, about it. we're going to break the chain. We're not going to have a divorce. You know, when we got married, we said, we're doing it. And we say, when, when we say I do, I mean it. And we've had some bad days. We've had some good days. We've had some good years, some bad years, but ultimately our kids see us argue sometimes, but they see us make up. They see us dance in the kitchen. They see us kissing and then they're, you know, but they see it all. And we, I think that's what helped us. Just, we set up a set uh, right at the beginning. There's going to be no matter what. God's in control and we're going to always give our life to God. And that's what's going to hold our marriage tight. And so we both have our own sort of, you know, Bible groups and stuff like that that we meet with. And and that just helps us stay, I think, strong. And there's a book right here. I'm reading it. I'm doing it right now. It's called The Love Dare. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie, but it's an amazing book for anyone that's married, male or female. It's a 40 day challenge. And it's an amazing book that'll rock your world. The Love Dare. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to nudge my husband to do it with me. <laughs> you should. It's so good. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's 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 a cheesy Christian movie, but it's good. It's Kirk Cameron, but it's, it's a really, really great movie. And I mean, for me, I'll tell you, like, I like to be the manly man, but that movie had me in tears because it's just so good about the redemption of what God's got. Awesome. Awesome. And I guess to start wrapping up the show, what would be some good advice that you can possibly give someone who is battling this, this inside battle of giving yourself to Christ or just staying put where the world will accept you? Mm, yeah. So there's two things I'd love to say. One, turn off the news, quit worrying about the news, whatever is on your TV, they've got their own agenda. Turn off your news. Number two, quit judging people. My job, it's my job just to love people where they're at, right? And so if you're struggling with, man, do I know get do I go to know this Lord, this guy Jesus, or do I keep following the world? Man, find people that are living the life that you want to live and get in find a way to get around them. You know, just being in their presence is going to lift you up, whether that's being a Christ follower, business entrepreneur, whatever it is, but find people that are living the life that you want to live and go find a way to get around them. Awesome. That's beautiful. See, you guys heard it first from Eric's mouth to y'all's ears. <laughs> I swear this has been such a great conversation. No, not tooting your horn at all. This has really been oh, just, I think I needed this, you know, if nobody else needed this listening, then you know what? Don't worry. I needed this <laughs> because it. man, this was really beautiful to me. Thank you. I really do appreciate your time and your perspective and anybody else who is wanting to know more about Eric, go check him out. I have his lovely picture on my website under my special guest. You can find a link to his podcast and his websites and check it out because he has some interesting topics with some interesting individuals. And I'm sure that he's going to be able to keep you thinking as well. So beyond the thinking train, go check him out. All righty. Until next time, y'all. Bye.